0: What's up? I can't see you. What? Oh, you want bread. That's coming. Not just this bread. You're going to hear a lot about bread today. Um, so good morning. My name is Melody, and I'm happy to be here speaking with you uh, today. And it is hot, but we have air conditioner. Praise God. Yes? <laughs> Um, Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about what's going on in our family right now. Our family is dog-sitting this last week and into next week. We're taking care of my cousin's huge German Shepherd. This guy is huge. I don't think the picture actually does him justice. His name is Shaid, and he's super good. He's super wonderful. And before I go any further in this story, I want you to know that I like dogs. Okay, I am a dog person. I can't get on board with cats. Sorry, but I'm a dog person. Oh, I know some of you are like, I'm out of here. Then bye, Melody. Um, but I, I love dogs. I had dogs growing up, but I am just not a current dog owner. Okay. Um, And the way this all came about was that last weekend, um, my husband and I weren't here because we were away celebrating our 15th wedding anniversary. That's right. I think that Chris needs a huge pat on the back for 15 years of Melody. Anyway, so we were away and I asked my cousin if she would watch my kids from, like, Friday afternoon to Sunday at noon, so not even a full 48 hours, you know, just to, just you know, be around. And she said yes, and the next 15 seconds after that, she said, would you watch my dog for two weeks? And I said, that's, that's not the same. That's not exactly the same, because my kids are pretty self-sufficient, you know, but okay, we'll watch your dog. So we have this dog, and so when my cousin, he came by on Monday to drop the dog off, My kids were just waiting at the door. They were waiting. They were ecstatic. They were like, Mom, why can't you track him? When is he going to be here? When is he going to be here? They could not wait for them to get there. And I was praying that they actually wouldn't show up. And so they were counting down the minutes, and I was dreading every second that passed. Now, why is there such a difference here? Well, I'm a grown-up, right? And I know all the things that come along with having a dog. I know all the things that you have to do, all the things you have to take care of. I know all these things. So I'm thinking, you don't know what you're in for, children, but okay. So the dog shows up and we settle in for the evening and they had been outside and I go take a shower. I get out of the shower. And by the time I get out of the shower, they had divvied up responsibilities for the week. So I'm gonna show you a couple pictures here. Abby and Claire are in charge of playing with the dog. Okay, they are also in charge of, of, well, at that time, now they're on summer break, but before and after school, they had to play with him for an hour. Uh, And this meant getting up even earlier, you know, playing in the hot water, they had to check his water and feed him. I have a video of Kaylee here that I'm gonna show you. And it is, she's in charge of teaching the dog tricks. She taught him this. She says, paw, paw, and ball. And that's the trick. So she's in charge of teaching the dog tricks, which is so funny because I'm like, well, if you can teach him, you could probably teach your siblings some of the things that I asked. Okay, this is another subject. Uh, What's that? She has to give him treats, yes. Uh, Chris, my husband, is the only one who can walk this dog. Okay, I tried and I thought my arm was going to rip off he's so heavy and so strong. So Chris is the one who walks the dog and Josh, my most gag sensitive child, is in charge of cleaning up the poop. Now, this was his this was his doing. I said, "How did Josh did he get the short end of the stick or what?" No, no, no. He came up with it. So there he is picking up the poop. So he offered. So I was really really impressed with these guys. Here I was thinking I'd have to talk them into doing stuff or Um, you know, that I'd have to be all about the dog. And this whole week, I've had very little to do with the dog. And so, they saw this dog in our house as such a special guest. They saw him as an opportunity, and they looked at this dog with such wonder. And I wonder that I, as an adult, where have I lost this wonder about this animal that I like? Where have I lost this wonder? I mean, look at Claire. Look at the picture in this next, look at her face in this next picture. She is just full of joy, delighted, so happy. And she has this wonder that I have lost, probably because I don't want to take care of another thing. Because I'm too busy. Because I've I've experienced it and it's just some work. Why do you serve? So get ready, quick, or I'm just going to come to you. If you have something to say, say it. Uh, I'm going to keep it short and sweet because I have a sermon to get to. So if I walk away slowly from you, don't take it personally. Why do you serve? Anybody, shoot up your hand. All right, Paul, I'm coming. Why do you serve? Help me preach today. Why do you serve, Paul? I think just
1: building relationships, getting to know other people in the church outside of Sunday.
0: Very good. Very good. Ron, who was here yesterday, the hot sun.
1: I enjoy it. It's fun, you know, you can be part of the church and get involved with it and little away and Mm -hmm. do my thing.
0: Very good, do his thing, getting involved. Anyone else? Sonia, who was also here, offering prayer yesterday. I serve because it helps me feel closer to God. Excellent, thank you. Anyone else? All right, I'm going that way. I'm going this way first.
1: I enjoy serving in church, but as well as serving outside the church. Mm -hmm.
0: Very Very good. good. Okay. Thank you, Gerald. All right. Is that me? I touched my mic. Sorry. Okay. Short and sweet. I
1: serve because God served us by giving his life, and we have to serve others like
0: Christ served us. Very good. All right, Grace. Good morning. I like to serve because I want to be an example and I love Christ. And because I'm bilingual and I'm a people person, I like to say things like I can say
1: love God, do exercise, and drink water.
0: (laughs) She has a little message in there for you. All right, Barbara. We represent Christ
1: to non believers and everyone around us, and we're the light.
0: Okay, very good. Anyone else before I take the mic back up? Who is it? Oh, Farid. You are making me get my steps in. Okay.
1: I I serve God and I also serve my community because that's what God wants us to do is work together as a team. That's why I come to church and I ask you for help. Thank you all of my members here. I love you all.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Farid. Very good. All right. All right, Vicki. Last one. Last one. I'm gonna hold it, because I might have to take it away from you. Um,
1: I I just wanna offer um, a um, blessing to someone that I wanna put that I know, and it's uh, Grace over there, Okay. for her wonderful kindness to Linda. All you do is how you support her. It's a wonderful, beautiful thing to see that touches our heart. God bless you.
0: Very good, thank you. So, I guess I don't have to finish my sermon. We can just say amen here, yeah? Okay, let's go to lunch. Um, Well, thank you, everyone, for participating in that. And great answers to the question. And again, different perspectives, different experiences. And today, I am going to say to you, I I think the best, most true answer, most correct answer will come by looking at Jesus himself and what he commanded us to do. So I'd like to look at two stories today and the way Jesus responded in these situations. And then I want to look at how we can respond, which includes many of your responses that you just shared. So the first story I want to share is in Matthew chapter 14. In verse 15 it says, As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food and buy themselves some food. So here we are, the disciples who walk and talk with Jesus. It's the end of the day. And these disciples, as many of us can say we experience after being with people for a day, they're just kind of done. So they want the crowds to go away. But not only do they want the crowds to go away, they don't want to tell, they want Jesus to be the bad guy. So they said, send the crowds away. So let's see what Jesus does. Verse 16, Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Now, I love this because not only is he, nope, I'm not going to tell them to go away, but he says, you serve them, you feed them, you right here, right now. So they say in verse 17, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered, I can imagine Jesus is going right now, like, okay, guys, watch this. Bring them here to me, he said, and he directed the people to sit on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fishes, looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 baskets Of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. And I love how Jesus did not say, Oh, go find a local bakery in town. Let's see what we can buy for them. He didn't say, Go find the women. Have them whip up something, right? He did not say that. He didn't say, Go find someone better suited to feed the people. He said, You. Give them something to eat. You right here, you are able-bodied and you are capable. The job is not for someone else. The job is for you. And not only did he say you give them something to eat, but he had the disciples give it out and the disciples pick it up. So from start to finish, in verse 20 it says, they all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up the 12 baskets. So Jesus demonstrated here that serving is not an option. It's a responsibility for you who are right here, right now. You. And on top of that, on top of that, on top of it not being an option, it's a responsibility. On top of that, if you want to be a leader, guess how you start? You start by serving. You start by serving. And on top of that, you work from start to finish. You don't start a project and walk away and leave the cleanup for afterwards. You, from start to finish, you work together, hand out the food together, clean up together. The next story I'd like to look at is in John chapter 2. So Jesus and his disciples had been invited to this wedding, and on the third day of this wedding celebration, they run out of wine, which is a terrible, terrible, terrible thing to happen. Yes? Am I, I'm the only one that drinks wine in here? Come on. Right, This is a terrible thing to happen. Okay, So Mary, Jesus' mother, tells him when the wine is gone, she tells the servants at the party to wait and see what he does. So in verse 5, his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. So let's just think about this. Six jars times 30, how many gallons of wine is that? That is a party, okay? So 130 gallons. What's that? A lot, of wine. a lot of wine, yep. Okay, verse 7. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water so that they fill, them, so they fill them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine, and he did not realize where it, come from, where it came from though the servants who had drawn the water knew so who had been witness to this miracle the servants not the host not the not whose ever wedding it was not whatever it was the servants and these two stories illustrate a few points here that might be lost on the word serve because it's not always shiny right it's not always shiny it's not always looked at with wonder But these two stories show us that serving is not an option. It's a responsibility. Everyone is called to serve. Let's go to the next slide here. Everyone is called to serve, from me and you to the disciples to everyone in the room. And by serving, you will experience something. Something, maybe a miracle, maybe joy, maybe, again, a challenge. But my goodness, you experience something. Let me tell you, I've never experienced having to jump into this pallet box. You know the pallet boxes that uh, Costco has with the pumpkins? They're like this high, the cardboard. I literally had to get in one day, see food all around me. See food all around me to to dig up some stuff to show them what was right and what was not right about this situation. And then I jumped out. That was an experience. I experienced something that day. What does this spark for you? What what does seeing this spark for you? That serving is not an option, but a responsibility. Everyone is called to serve. And by serving, we experience something. What does it spark for you? Perhaps, perhaps some excitement, perhaps not. You might hear me say this and think, well, Melody, you can't tell me what to do or what to think or what to say. So, good sermon, but nope. Nope. And I would not presume to be the one to tell you that. I'm just delivering a message here. I am not the one to tell you that. These are words from the mouth of Jesus himself. Do you hear, do you hear the wonder in that? that should spark something in you. I'm going to read a couple verses here, and you guys know I love an amen, and I have a little bit of Pentecostal blood in me, so I want to hear you say amen when I read these verses. Ready? John 12, 26. Whoever serves me must follow me. Where I am, my servant will be also. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Amen? John 13, 15. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Matthew 20, 26, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. Matthew 22, love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. So why do we serve why do we have all these ministries here? Why do, we, why do we do these things? Why? Why do we have all these things here? It is a response to the words spoken by Jesus. It is a response to the very man who spoke these commandments. A response to the man who died for you and for me. It is a response of worship. We serve him by serving others. It is a response of serving because everything we have is because of him and through him. Amen? It is a response to the man who himself washed dirty feet, touched the untouchable, saved those beyond saving. It is a response. To the man who served people by taking them under his wing, showing them a new way of life. This came, these words came out of the mouth of a flesh and blood man who was tortured and murdered for you and for me. These words came out of his mouth. The man that gives us life beyond death. The man who resisted ultimate temptation, whose ultimate service was When he went to that cross, we get to serve him. We get to serve in the name of Jesus and give him the honor and the glory. We get to serve in the name of Jesus and see miracles happen. I've seen one or two. Miracles happen. We get to serve and be the hands and feet of Jesus in action, in tangible ways. We get to we get to serve and feel the joy, the delight, and the wonder. The wonder to love someone other than ourselves because he commanded us to. Why do we serve? Because we get to. Because we get to. Can you say yeah? Like woo-hoo to that? I don't feel the excitement. I like, I had tears rolling down my face writing this stuff. It's, it's a wonder that I get to give just a little bit back to the man who died for me. That is, that is insane. If these reasons that I just gave you do not spark wonder and awe in your heart, I'd say to you, start serving immediately. Immediately. I said I wasn't going to have you sign up on a card. Well, guess what? If, if it doesn't spark, sign up. Let's talk. Let's talk. Because if you have a hard heart to the fact that we get to, because he's given us so much, we get to, that should spark some woo-hoo and some all right and some clapping and some amen. It should. It should. But there are things, right? There are things you're going to say to me, well, Melody, again, I'm a grown-up. It's not all sparkly where I stand. It's not all shiny. I don't want to jump into a vat of fish. Well, I didn't either, but, okay? You're going to say, it's just, you know, it's a little diluted, this water. It's a little foggy. It's hard when we're dealing with everyday happenings, yes? Yes. Even last week, Grant and I, Grant and I were in his office, and we were chatting about something, and we were a little sour on something. I can't really even remember what it was, but we were griping a little bit to each other. Oh, and this, and oh, and that, and oh, we were having a little gripe session, which is allowed. And I looked at him and said, oh, we got to do something. We got to get out of here. But not as in go to lunch, not as in take a day off. I said, we got we to serve right now. We got to go do something right now. And yesterday we were able to partner together, set up, clean up, participate with many of you and many of our pantry guests in coffee in the courtyard. Yesterday I was there registering people with the with for the distribution and there he was. I wish I would have gotten a picture of you because he was pushing the little cart like an excited busboy. <laughs> I wish I would have snapped a photo. And i got to say this, and he's going to be mad at me for saying this. I have never, never, with the exception of my dad, who I grew up watching doing the same, I have never seen a pastor more willing to serve his community. I have never seen that. And not just him, but his wife and his partner, Rana, And their whole family, really, from preaching up here Sunday morning to sweeping up after an event to hosting someone in your home who needed a place to stay, you know what it is to be a servant. So thank you, guys. I have never been so proud to serve alongside people like you guys. So back to the garden yesterday. Come back with me. We stopped griping and we started serving. And Coffee in the Courtyard was actually, like I said, in the garden yesterday because we wanted to get the message across to our pantry guests. Hey, this place is for you. This place is for you to enjoy. Bring your families when you're not, you know, coming to get food. It's summer vacation. Bring the kids. This place is for you. It's a beautiful place for you. And it wasn't just Grant and, and me and Chris and Ron. It was the whole garden team. Keith, Keith was there. Where are you, Keith? Keith was there turning around the compost. He was here at 745. He was doing that. Uh, I have a picture here. Shelly, Allison, and Donna were here setting up this beautiful spring garden set, cucumber water. I mean, it was beautiful. Thank you guys for doing that yesterday. Ron and Dale were out there with their tools working away. Sonia was ready with her prayers. The pantry distribution teams showed up. It was the Jones family, the Allens family, our family. Is Craig here? Craig Holland? There he is. He came to have coffee with us. But before he left, he said, hey, do you need anything? Is there something I can do? I, a, a day like yesterday is a day where you truly feel the woohoo part of serving. It was so good for our hearts I think I can speak for both of us there. And it was so good for the people that were there serving yesterday. Amen? Amen to that. It was 95 degrees. I was sweating everywhere. It was so hot. But man, what a joy it was to do it together. And we get to do this together. We get to serve together. We also get to figure it out together. Maybe still you're feeling not so much the spark, not so much the wonder, but we get to figure it out together. You might be saying to me, Melody, I'm kind of like you and the dog. You know, I don't know how I feel about it, I don't know, I'm very apprehensive, I don't want to jump in, I'm super hesitant. Well, you, you might say to me, I've, I've been burned out by serving. I've been burned out, I've had bad experiences. Whatever it is, you fill in the blank. You tell me why you're hesitant. Actually, you don't have to tell me. I don't have to know, but I know someone who does know. I know someone who knows exactly what you're thinking right now. And I know someone who, if this was sign up Sunday, if this was, you know, service Sunday and we had booze and whatever, I know he knows which one of you guys would go out the door that nobody ever uses. I know, right? Let me take a stab at some of these things that, that maybe hold us back from serving. Maybe you're holding back or you're hesitant because you don't really know what you have to offer. You don't really know. You don't know where you can be used best, so you just don't do anything. That might be a thing. Maybe you're hesitant because time is a factor, and you don't have too much time other than showing up on Sunday. You don't have too much more time than that. Well, I would tell you what I tell my husband when he's looking for something in the pantry. Go look again. Go look again at your time. We make time for the things that matter to us, yes? Go look again. There's times where people might say, oh, I have this busy season, busy season, busy season. Well, don't let a busy season be your only season. Some people live like that. Maybe you're hesitant because you think once you start serving in a ministry, you're forever tied to that ministry, and whether it's a good fit or not, we won't let you out. That's not true, by the way, okay? Ah, if I help in the pantry once, Melody's going to make me do it all the time. No. Ah, I thought I liked helping in the tech booth with the slides during the service, but turns out I think I like holding babies more, right? Right? I can't tell anybody that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Or maybe you're not involved because your job, your 9 to 5 job, has some element of serving, which is great. But that's the job you get paid for. You have to be there. I'm talking about what we get to be here and do here. That's what I'm talking about. Maybe you don't even know where the need is in the ministry so you hesitate and again you don't know i you know i don't know i don't know what to do i don't know who to talk to well i'm just going to squash that because we are fully accessible so that's not even a good reason to be hesitant if you are not 100% behind these things i don't think you would be here today unless you're visiting for the first time welcome Sometimes we're a little aggressive in our, uh, in our mission statement, huh? It's okay, aggressive hospitality. Uh, so y- if you're not 100% behind these things, you wouldn't be here. And I believe that you're here because we get to do these things. We get to do these things. Do you want to know where to start? Do you want to hear God tell you where to go, what to do? In order to hear God, you have to be close to the heart of God. You have to be close to the heart of God. And how are you close to the heart of God? One of those ways is by serving. You just start showing up. Melody, I don't know what what I want to do. I don't know how I feel about it. Just show up. And I promise you, I promise you, serving will bring you close to the heart of God. You can serve by loving on a child. You can serve by preparing coffee for others. You can serve by helping with slides during the service, loading a car with food at the pantry, harvesting food from the garden, tearing down the cafe, rolling in the carts, playing music, and getting here early. Thank you for serving us this morning. Yeah. You can serve by greeting. You can serve by offering your home to the youth group. You can serve from sweeping, teaching, preaching. What it is you get to do, let's talk. You get to do it. You get to do it. As Jesus said, serving is not an option but a responsibility, and everyone is called from the disciples to us. We are all called to serve, and by serving... We will experience something. I can't wait to hear what your something is. I can't wait to hear how you made it past your hesitation and what you jumped right in to do. I can't wait to hear how God is growing you to do the work that you get to do. I can't wait to hear how it brings you closer to the heart of God. I'll be waiting like kids who are getting on a plane for the very first time, like kids who are waiting for their friend at the door, I will be waiting to share in some of those experiences and hear your stories. Why do we serve? We get to. That's why. We get to. Ben and the band are going to lead us in a song today. They're going to serve us by leading us in a new song It's new, but you will catch on quick. It says, here I am, send me. Let my life reflect how much I love you. Even before you ask, my answer will be yes, because I love you. Just the fact that he made you, he called you. You are called to do something, and he wants to send you. Would you listen to this song together today? to share this with you before we take our communion Um, I was thinking about um, something in the garden and we've had the sermon about how we do communion and it's about connecting and community and remembering and there's something powerful about taking communion together taking communion together it's another example of how everything is better. Everything is better when we work together, when we partner together, when we, when we serve together, when we take communion together. I'm going to show you a picture of something that's happening in the garden. It's called the Three Sisters Guild.